Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruby for All. Julie, what's up? I worked on formatting two Windows computers yesterday to get some little games on there for the kids. And I was trying to put Minecraft on there and I had a heck of a time. Anyway, I spent all day doing that. I love Minecraft. Brought back some great childhood memories. I am working with Credis today, first time, which is a keyed Redis gem that Rails has. And it's been interesting. Maybe more on that in the future. But for now, we have a guest on the show, Colin Gilbert. Colin, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. First and foremost, thank you all both for having me. As Andrew correctly said, my name is Colin Gilbert. If you ever pronounce it Gilbert, don't worry about that. It's fine. I've been getting that for 30 some odd years. It's cool. So currently I work with Chris Oliver over at GoRails, helping him out on all of the various projects that we have. Jumpstart, Pay, Noticed, GoRails itself. Recently digging more into Hatchbox as Chris and his wife welcome their new child into the earth. I've been trying to take over handling some support tickets on that, which is a new aspect of things for me. Dealing with Hatchbox is new to me. And then working on the support side of things too is a little bit newer, but it's all fun and good. So that's just a little bit about me. I haven't been programming very long, which is, it feels like it's been forever, but like I was just talking with Chris about this the other day. January next year, we'll be entering my third year as a professional developer, which is crazy to think about. It feels like it's been a lot longer, but it really is like just a small little blip on the timeline. You yeah. also do some work on Ruby Radar, right? Good plug. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yep. My partner in crime over here, Andrew Mason and I, we put out a weekly Ruby newsletter. Thankfully, Andrew saved my bacon Sunday, yesterday. I locked myself out of the apartment, so I didn't get to do it. Appreciate that, buddy. So I do that as well. Thank you for reminding me. Cool. So today we kind of wanted to talk about you were doing development, like you've been on the scene for about three years, which isn't really new in my opinion, but new-ish. Mm. And you've recently joined GoRails and started making video content. And if anyone doesn't know, GoRails is a subscription service where you can get premium Ruby and Ruby on Rails videos each week, or maybe even more than once a week, or is it once a week, Colin? Usually once a week is what we stick to. And Chris Oliver is the co-host on Remote Ruby with me. And he has a ton of stuff. And I thought it would be really cool to talk to Colin specifically about what it's like to create videos for Ruby on Rails in 2022, because I knew that was something new for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to back up a little bit, I've always been interested in teaching things or just like working in groups, much like Julie said in her past, when she was learning about programming, they had like study groups that they would run. So I went to a boot camp through Flatiron and I would run study groups myself. If I open up a Zoom, put a blast out in the group Slack and just be like, hey, I'm hanging out here if anybody wants to join. So those ended up going on pretty frequently and they went well and usually had pretty consistent group. New people would come in, some would drop off throughout the boot camp and stuff. But the people who came the most often were the ones who did the best getting through the boot camp. It's a more nurturing environment and you can all help each other learn and grow and ask questions and stuff together. Like I mentioned pre-call, a lot of people always mentioned until you can teach something, you really don't know how well you really understand something. So I found myself a lot of the time in that position of having to explain things to people that were into the group that didn't understand a certain topic or whatever. So it forced me to really make sure I understood it before I could help them out. And thankfully, for the most part, I was all right with that. 
So I've always just kind of had that passion for teaching and sharing things. So getting to work with Chris, when he first brought me on board, he was like, you know, there's no requirement that you make videos. If you want to, you're more than welcome to. I was super nervous for my first one, but it went over really well. A lot of people comment on it and really said they enjoyed it. It was definitely nerve wracking at first, right? Because in my head, I'm like, what do I really have to share with anybody? Like being a new developer myself, what gives me the privilege to say I'm any sort of authority on kind of things, which I'm not saying that, but hopefully you understand kind of the point that I'm getting at here. But just doing it helped me out a lot in that mental space. And it's really helped me grow. I can tell for sure this last year, like since I started doing those videos, I've gotten a lot more confident with my programming skills and explaining things to folks. So yeah, so after that first one got received really well, I've now put out, I think some of them are not released yet, but after this next batch comes out, probably be somewhere around eight videos, 10 videos, somewhere in that neighborhood, maybe. It's a blast. It's definitely scary at first. The internet can be a brutal place. You don't ever know what kind of feedback you're going to get from folks. But if you're interested in putting out content of your own, I think the best approach is just to go for it. Somebody might comment on something and say like, hey, actually, this is wrong. You could have done this differently here. That's fine. As long as you can take that feedback in a constructive manner and use it to just improve in the future, there's really nothing to be scared about in creating content. Some of the things that I think about as you were telling your story, I'm very bad at recording myself. So like if someone told me to record a 30 second video of myself, I have to take 20 takes, maybe more to try to get the recording done. I'm curious when you did your very first video, did you have to re-record yourself? Yeah, I've definitely made a few flubs on a couple of videos. Typically what I'll do is I record in very small chunks. I'll go 30 seconds, maybe a minute or two max. It depends on if I'm like in the flow and I really know like where I'm taking this thing from point A to B. But typically I try and do things in small chunks like that because if I try and go a whole stretch and I make errors in there some places, it's a lot harder to take a big chunk of a recording and chop it up and make it seem like it's all one take. It's a lot easier to do if you do like smaller takes and you can kind of pick up right from where you left off. So that's been my approach. I did try to change that one time and go like a longer recording. And I was like recording like a totally separate monitor than like where I was doing all the work. I just said like discord idly being recorded over off on some other side when I meant to be like recording my main one. I recorded for like eight minutes and lost like all of that footage because nothing was on the screen, you know? <laughs> so I learned my lesson pretty good on that one. And now I pretty much just stick to small chunks. Do you plan out your videos ahead of time? you have an outline of what you're going to go through or how do you tackle this? First step is come up with a topic. The recent videos that aren't out yet, but there's a like a little two-part series that will be coming out on GoRails. It's all about creating your first Ruby gem. That was the idea of what I wanted to do. And then I was like, okay, let me break this down to like really small parts. Let's just do the bare minimum here. So typically what I'll do like for that one, I went back to rubygems.org and just kind of read through some stuff there for a bit and kind of get a refresher. And then I built the gym and the video I built myself without recording and took my time going through it and thinking as I'm building it, thinking about all the points that I want to cover in here and trying to think about, okay, if I say something about this certain line of code here, is there something there that I need to unpack a little bit more for someone who's not familiar with a line of code, right? Well, maybe 
someone hasn't worked with the file class in Ruby and they don't understand like what file.read is doing or something like that. Because I don't want to just gloss over things because a lot of content out there tends to kind of gloss over those little things. Like there's like a certain amount of expectation. You already know a lot of stuff. And I'm trying to have the content that I put out be more beginner focused. So I don't want to make those assumptions. I try to make sure to note anything that I think I need to expand on a little bit more. And then once I have kind of gone through the process myself on the side without recording, I'll look at my notes and just visualize myself going through it all and speaking about it kind of quickly. If you were to like play it in your head, it'd be like a movie going in fast forward, just so that I can zoom out a little bit and have a more holistic view of what I'm going to like work on recording. And then when it comes time recording, then I like slow down, probably like snail pace. When I watch back on myself, I'm like, man, I talk pretty slow in these things, but there's a reason I'm doing that because I don't want to just go blazing through a topic. So that's a very long-winded answer to my process of how I go about doing it, but there you go. Well, you can also use the 2x speed for those who think that it might be slow. This is true. (laughs) See, I don't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I actually seen a few of your videos and I really appreciate how you make it super approachable for beginners. Sometimes on a specific topic, if I think the concept is already hard, then I might not even want to approach it. But now like Mm -hmm. I know that you make it so simple that a beginner can do it, then I am more likely to go through it. I also really like that you explain why behind things. So you don't just show, okay, this is how you do something, but you also explain why you might do something. And I really like that too. Cool. Well, I appreciate that feedback. Thank you. I'm curious what kind of software are you using to record? Any special microphone? Let's go through like equipment. I'll start externally. So I have for microphone setup, I have a Shure SM57. I'm very familiar with these mics. I've used them a lot in my past lives. I worked as like an audio engineer and I use these mics all over the place. I mean, they're workhorses for 89 bucks. For $89 microphone, this thing, I've used it as hammers before on stages, literal hammers. They're indestructible, these microphones, and they're great. So I'm using that. That's running into a Focusrite Scarlett with a 2i2. It's a two-channel preamp interface that goes into the computer. And then recording software, we're using ScreenFlow. I've never used it before working with Chris at GoRails. It's been really easy to pick up. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You can do some cool little effects in there too. I got an Elgato face cam that I just started using the first couple of videos. I put out, I wasn't recording my face. It was a nice way to ease into making content because I don't have to worry about appearing on the screen. So it's like one less piece of the puzzle to get flustered by. And then, yeah, I just have a little Elgato, Airlight, whatever's, I forget what they are, but yeah, just one of those. And then that's pretty much it. And do you edit them yourself? I do. When I record in those little chunks, I'll do the edits right then and there. So when I get to the end of the video, it's the end of the video. I don't have to go back and edit anything. And it's also been helpful to do that because I get the little playback and I get the feedback of what I'm doing. I'm like, Ooh, okay. I should actually elaborate on this point a little bit more before I go to where I was going to go next. That's been nice. What are you using to edit? ScreenFlow. Everything, all the video and audio stuff is all done in ScreenFlow. The video goes straight into ScreenFlow and then the audio gets pulled in there too. It all lands in there. And then from there you can split it out because sometimes audio and video come in one channel together. And I like to split them out so you can really easily split them out 
and kind of make independent edits on things if need be. Yeah, everything goes in through ScreenFlow, comes out from ScreenFlow, and then goes upload to Wistia in YouTube. I wanted to go back to the topic of you may not really fully understand something until you're able to teach it to somebody else. And you had mentioned during your boot camps, you kind of led the study groups. And I remember when I was also leading the study groups, it forced me to use my words to explain something because I, in my head, can understand conceptual things okay. But when I actually tried to put it out into words, I was like, I don't know how to say it. But over time, like having those study groups, I was able to verbalize the concepts and tying back into like with Brandon's episode on interviewing, I assume that it would really help folks who are looking into interviewing and being able to verbalize what they're trying to do. That's something I personally feel like I struggle with still. I still feel like I can't do a good job of getting the words out of my head and out of my mouth to others. So you're definitely not alone in that. I've gotten slightly better since I started making videos, but even still, like sometimes I watch them and I'm like, boy, I could, I could have did a lot better on that one. But you know, I think it's all part of the journey and the growth. It's just, you got to go for it and you'll start seeing where you can be a little bit better. And then the more you do it, just like you were saying, like the more you did the study groups, the easier it got for you to explain or get those thoughts just out of your head and out of your mouth. It goes for a lot of things like that. You just got to go for it and try it. The more you do it, the better you'll get. I can definitely see it helping for interviewing though. Like just being able to confidently speak about conceptual things or like using technical terms when walking through like a project you're showing a potential employer, being able to use, you know, what you words like instantiation and things, you know, like those are things that like make you kind of stand out more if you can speak about them confidently. If you struggle with it, it's hard to get past that. But the more you do it, the better you'll get at explaining things confidently and in a more like technical manner. I want to take a second to thank Andy Kroll for personally sponsoring this episode of Ruby for All. Julie and I are really excited with what Andy is doing currently for juniors in the community by organizing First Ruby Friend, a way for early career devs to connect with volunteer mentors in the Ruby community to help further them in their careers. If you're interested in being a mentor or a mentee, go on over to firstrubyfriend.org and sign up. Andy also has an awesome newsletter called One Ruby Thing that we definitely recommend at onerubything.com, where you can get a new Ruby and Rails tip delivered straight to your inbox. If you're looking to level up, this is a great resource that is free to the community and friendly for all levels of expertise. A big thank you again for Andy for sponsoring today's episode and look for links to First Ruby Friend and One Ruby Thing in the show notes. You also mentioned that you're heading into your third year. So it's not like you've had decades of experience to put out a screencast and you're able to do that. Is there something to be said about being able to teach something as you're learning it? There's definitely topics that I've spoken about that I had to learn in that moment. In fact, one of the first GoRails videos I did was on something that I had just done that same week for the first time in a Rails app. And I'm struggling now to remember what it was, but it was like building a has one off of a has many relationship, I believe is what it is. So like, I didn't know you could do that before that day. Chris had walked me through that because he was like, oh, this would be a good use case for doing it. Cause I never even thought about doing it like that before. Right. So he suggested that. So then he walked me through it a little bit and then kind of left me to it to go implement it myself. So I had to do like a bunch of research to figure it out. 
What are going to be like the things I need to look out here on this? So I did all that research on my own and then got it to a good point. And I was like, this is cool. I should do a screencast on this. So doing that screencast really solidified for me that I understood what was going on here. And like, hey, these are some other things you need to think about when you're trying to implement this. You can technically get more than one record associated there, but you really want only want it to be one. How you set that up is a little bit tricky. You need to be careful on, but it's definitely a good way to like solidify your understanding. It doesn't matter if it's something you just learned. It's probably better if it is in a way. I read the example here. Let me immediately try and like share it with someone else and see if my understanding can make sense to someone else. Cause then you are like, okay, I'm on the right track. I might have to come back and refresh on this a couple of times, but my foundational understanding is pretty solid and spot on. So at any point, I think it's a great time to try and teach something. What's been the biggest challenge so far of teaching to a bigger audience? Well, I think one that I always think about in the back of my head is like being under the shadow of Chris. I mean, he's grown go rails into a huge thing. And I mean, his screencasts are amazing. Trying to come into that, being in the shadow of Chris, it's a bit intimidating because definitely one of the first thoughts I had were like, what are people going to say about me coming in and putting out screencasts? And it's like really Chris's thing. So that's been intimidating for sure. That's probably the biggest thing, just getting over that initial fear of not being like up to par or on that level that someone like Chris is. That, and I think the other challenging bit too is coming up with topics. That's been another challenging one. And there's definitely times where I have like lulls and ideas for topics, but then it usually goes like hard ebb and flow. Like I'll have no ideas and then I'll get a week where I'm like, I've got all of these ideas. And I try and capitalize on it and just get those ideas turned into videos before I forget about them or something else comes along, something like that. So yeah, those are probably the two biggest things. The biggest one definitely being like getting over that fear of being in Chris's shadow and not putting out content up to par. What would you say to people who are like, wow, I would love to make Ruby on Rails screencasts. Where should they start? First of all, a topic that you're perhaps somewhat comfortable with would help, at least for your first one. And then I think really the biggest part is going to be just getting your setup together to record something. And you don't have to go out and buy a bunch of stuff right out of the gate. I would say just do your best. If you're on a Mac, I mean, they come with iMovie built in. Like you can use that. It'll work. And you can use your built in webcam on your computer. Is it going to be the best thing ever? No. Is it going to be the worst? No. Because even just that setup is way better than stuff we had in the 90s. You know what I mean? You're already leaps and bounds ahead. Just go for it. Just make that first one and put it out there. From there, as you grow and get more comfortable, you can invest in different areas, better software, better audio, better lighting. I would say lighting, if you're going to use the built-in web camera, try and get some lighting somehow on you, hitting you in the face somehow, because it'll make a huge difference. Oh, I will also say this too. I almost forgot about this. If you have an iPhone, Elgato has, there's a free version and a pro version of it. What is it called? Epoch Cam. So there's an app you can get on your iPhone. Maybe it's on Android too. I don't know. But you can use that and that camera will be a lot better than probably your one on your built-in Mac. I used it for a week before I got the face cam and it was a huge difference from my webcam. And I think the pro version, you get like, 
1080 like export on your video. It's only like seven or eight dollars though, the pro one. If you got seven or eight dollars to spare, I would just go for it because it'll be a lot better than your built-in webcam on your computer. Yeah, there's a few apps like that. I know one called Detail. I think it's also paid though. So there's definitely some apps out there. And this is like a growing area of apps. So you might be able to find some free alternatives out there. Yeah. But cool. Julie, you have anything else we want to ask Colin? Yeah, I'm curious to know if the learners or users of GoRails, if they request for topics. There's definitely been a few I've seen like in the GoRails Discord. People have been like, hey, it would be cool to have a video on this. And oddly enough, most of those that have come through, we've been like, actually, we have one that's coming out in two weeks or whatever. So it's kind of worked out. There's maybe only been one or two where we're like, oh, that would be a good idea. And we add it to the backlog of ideas of screencasts to do. But it is something that I'm particularly interested in opening up for beginners. I thought about putting out a tweet or something out there and be like, hey, if you're new to Ruby or Rails, what is something that you would benefit from in video form? What's out there that you would like to see covered? And really, it's just because like, you can find a lot of stuff in docs and books and stuff, but some people just don't learn that well that way. Some people need to see things multiple ways and from multiple sources. That's something I may do in the future because, like I said earlier, I want to be more kind of beginner-focused in my efforts that I put out to the community. So maybe I'll do that soon, put a tweet out there. Oh, and I also wanted to mention you maybe once or twice now had done a kind of a mob pairing session with Mm. some juniors. Could you maybe speak more on that? That's something I hope to do more in the future. So I did one, it was like a Saturday, like maybe a month ago. I was just sitting at the house and I was going to do this little issue. It was small, but I thought, you know, what would be better is to pair with someone who otherwise wouldn't have been able to work on this. And really, I didn't expect as much reaction as I got because probably like a dozen people responded. Some of them way later, because initially there was like five or six of us and we all hopped in a call. By the time I saw all the other ones, like we'd already been in the call for a long time. And I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I'll do it again in the future. I just think it's an important skill to be able to have to like jump into a project and just know how the whole flow works, right? Like let's pull something down from GitHub. We'll work on it, submit a PR back to them, and then we'll wait and see what happens. Like just getting that process down, I think is a very important skill to have that really talking about it doesn't really do much, right? You got to kind of do that one a bunch for it to kind of make sense. So my thought there was, let me let someone get some contributions in there, get some experience. So we did that. It was a blast, huge blast. And thanks for all those that joined and reached out about that. I definitely want to do more of this in the future. But Chris and I followed up on that, I think two weeks later, maybe, and did one on a Friday with another group. Again, like it was another blast. It was us and a bunch of juniors. I still consider myself a junior. We've talked about this before. Yeah, like it's just fun to get with people and work together. So like, I feel like you learn a lot more that way. Like you learn how to be a part of a team somewhat. You learn more about interacting with a project and submitting things back to them and hoping that it gets merged in or awaiting feedback to change something or whatever. Like, I think just the more you do that, the better you'll be. And the more that not just myself, but anyone in the community like pairs with other juniors, the better we're going to be in the future as a community. Because I definitely don't want to see things go downhill for us. So yeah, that's really my motivation is just to keep 
the interest alive and see people grow and and then them do it. You know, like they tell two friends and they pair, they tell two and so on and so on. Let's just be there for each other and lift each other up and help everybody grow. So that was the whole focus there, just to help people get experience and meet other people. Yeah, I had a chance to join the Friday session and you and Chris were both on there and I was super nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in a pairing session with Chris. I mean, and you, of course, but we paired a few times now. And I really appreciated both of you, the way that you explain maybe how to do something. Neither of you were driving, which was great. One of the other juniors were driving, which I really liked. And I never felt we were too silly to not know something. We can go down to the most basic thing. And you all were really good about kind of leading the session without making us feel like we don't know enough. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And like I do that because I think it's important because it doesn't make sense to go forward if someone doesn't understand something. Because really, that's what we're there to do. We're there to learn and help each other get over these things. And I don't think we finished what we were working on that day in that session, right? Because we took a lot of time to break certain things down like that, right? And it's fine that we didn't get all the way through, like we didn't get a PR submitted that day, right? It doesn't matter. What really matters is that everybody had fun. Everyone felt comfortable and got things answered that they were curious about or didn't understand. That's the bigger thing here, in my mind, at least. There'll always be the time we can have more time to like work on the PR and stuff. That's a given. Let's get all these other things figured out first. So I appreciate yeah. that feedback though. I've been in mob pairing sessions where I just got left in the dust and then it was just like, yeah, well, I don't know what's happening. So there's no point in me going no forward. Way. So yeah. yeah, I really like stopping and asking questions, even some that are maybe not related to the PR, but related to what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been in a few mob sessions like that myself and have felt that way before too. So that's why like, I don't want anyone to feel like that when they pair with me. Like, I want to make sure we're all good and we're all on the same page here before moving on. Well, on that note, Colin, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter. I believe I'm Colin underscore Gilbert on there, maybe. You can just type my name. It'll pop up. Twitter, the GoRails Discord. You can find me in there a bunch. Those are probably the two main places that I hang out. Feel free, anyone, hit me up however you find me. I'll get back to you some places quicker than others. If you message me on LinkedIn, probably going to be a while. I tend not to go there too much. I have a LinkedIn, but I'm usually not on it. I would say if you want to get in touch, Twitter and find me on Discord and the GoRails Discord would probably be the best places. Cool. Well, Colin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you all for having me. Been fun. Everyone else, we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.